Would you like to know how to be a really great interviewer for your entrepreneur and for your team? Hi, this is Shannon Waller, and welcome to the Team Success Podcast. I am really excited about this next conversation that we're going to have, because I do a lot of interviewing of Dan Sullivan, which you may be familiar from listening to our quarterly books. I do the author interview for those, or if you happen to also subscribe to our Inside Strategic Coach podcast, I spend a lot of time talking with Dan on audio. He certainly enjoys experience and tells me often, which I really appreciate, but I also get a lot of positive feedback from you, from the listeners. And it's interesting, a lot of people have asked me, well, Shannon, how do you interview Dan? And at first my thought was, actually, I have no idea (laughs) because I just do it. But then I kind of broke down and started thinking about what, in fact, is my approach. And so I wrote out one of our tools, which we call the impact filter, which I want to walk through with you in terms of what is my mindset? What is my thinking? What is my process as I am interviewing Dan or any of the other fabulous authors that I've had the privilege of working with? Because I am passionate about learning. I am passionate about books. Reading is my number one rejuvenating activity. So the opportunity to interview authors for me is like, "Mm, yay. First of all, because I get to know them as people, but it also means that I have a great venue for sharing their amazing information with you, with my audience, which makes me very happy. One of my passions is to find and curate phenomenal information that's obviously aligned with what I know works in the world, but also it educates me, I get better, I learn, and then to be able to share that with other people is just one of the things I enjoy most. So now I'm going to let kind of peel back the curtain and share with you what my thinking process is when I'm doing this. Now, before I jump into what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and all that good stuff, I want you to think about how you could make use of this information for you. And really, an interview is simply a very particular type of conversation. So this, for any conversation you might be having, this could be really useful. One of the things I know about a lot of entrepreneur or entrepreneurial leaders is they have a lot of phenomenal information in their heads, and they have an enormous amount of difficulty getting that information out. And you could actually be a pivotal person in extracting that information. And I have to tell you, when you help them do that, they will love you, you'll get gold stars, there'll be treats, you'll get lots of acknowledgement and appreciation. There are a lot of wins. Not only that, you'll actually be able to get the information out of them, which might be actually what you're looking for. So it benefits you in terms of the actual information. There's a lot of positive feedback and reinforcement. And frankly, the ability to have a powerful conversation that helps the other person get clearer on their thinking and make that available for other people is just a phenomenal life skill to have. So I was very excited to write this down. So again, think about this. If you'd like your entrepreneur person that you're working with to write an article or maybe do a podcast or maybe a Facebook Live, any kind of situation where you want to capture some information. If your entrepreneur you know has a book in them and it's been a struggle to get them to do it, interviewing is such a brilliant approach. So many people I know, particularly people with a particular Colby profile, you know, if they initiate in quick start, very few people sit down at a blank page and immediately know how to format and write a book that has structure and flow and examples and stories and concepts. That's actually a huge challenge. Very few people, I think, are naturally gifted writers and those that are, kudos to them. But for a lot of us, we actually kind of discover what we know through conversation. So if you can be the person who really helps to leverage them with that, wonderful. Or 
you might be the person with the information, and then please feel free to share this conversation with someone that you'd like to interview you. So many of us learn better by speaking, and we communicate better with speaking, and so having a structure for or process for how to get that information out, I just think is really, really useful. So as I mentioned, I'm going to walk through one of Strategic Coach's tools that's one of our absolute favorites, kind of everything starts with an impact filter, in terms of what is the purpose, the importance, and the ideal outcome, the worst and the best outcome, and then the success criteria. So I'm going to walk this through with you, and feel free to take notes, because I think it's, again, useful information. Again, you need to go into it with a sense of enthusiasm and excitement and anticipation, and also what we call generous listening. I'll get into that in a little bit more in a moment. So the purpose, what you want to accomplish, and I'm just going to call this an interview strategy, is to draw out of your partner their wisdom and experience in an engaging and entertaining way for you and the audience. So you're a little bit taking the audience's role in this. And again, I'll show you in a moment how that comes about. So what's the importance of this? What's the biggest difference it will make? Well, first of all, you will learn new and interesting information and have the fun of sharing it with the audience. I find great joy in that, as I've expressed. And then second, your interviewee will feel well-supported, appreciated, and intelligent as a result of how you conduct the interview. Well, that's always nice to get those little strokes on the back with how you do that. What's the ideal outcome? What does the project look like when it's completed? Well, first of all, you have a fun, powerful, interesting, compelling interview or conversation that is informative, fun, and practical. I'm big on that. I'm going to give you some questions about how you can get the practical part of your colleague out of them. You and your audience are excited about what's been shared, and your interviewee feels grateful and excited and smart. You do not want to have your interviewee feel dumb. (laughs) You want to have them feel intelligent. And there are some ways that you can do that too. So what is the best result as a result of you having this conversation with them? Well, you'll really make your person, your guest, feel like a rock star. And through your amazing ability to listen, they'll open up and share insights that are new even to them. This happens a lot, by the way, with Dan, because we do a whole interview process before the quarterly book is done. And this is actually what provides the transcript for the writers to work on. And it's fun because, for example, one of our most recent books was The Strategy Circle. Well, The Strategy Circle is a tool that Dan created over 30 years ago. It's actually the tool that kicked off the entire company of Strategic Coach, which is pretty cool. And, you know, he hadn't gone back for a while. And as a result of his outline and then me interviewing him on the outline, he came up with new thoughts, which was pretty spectacular, given that I've been working with the Strategy Circle for close to 28 years now. So when people actually are listened to very, very generously, and I'll use that term several times, they actually come up with new and exciting innovations, although they'll make connections they haven't made before. And this is only possible because they're in conversation with you. This is a really cool element of this. You're going to really electrify your audience with their unique thinking and ways of expressing themselves. Your audience will be thrilled with your ability to draw out the best in your person. Well, that sounds pretty cool. (laughs) That's what to aspire to. Now, what is the worst result if you either do not take action? In other words, you don't interview them or if it doesn't go well. And I only say this, by the way, the whole point of the best and worst result in the impact filter is to put two different types of emotional fuel in the tank. One is excitement, 
and that's really the best result. The second is fear. (laughs) And fear is a powerful motivator, even if we don't particularly enjoy the experience. It's interesting because you actually don't want this to happen, and we will work very, very, very hard to prevent this from happening. So again, let's take advantage of all the fuel sources necessary without dwelling on it or getting yourself too freaked out. And if you're someone who does scare themselves on a regular basis too much, then you might want to, you know, skip forward past this part. If you can look at it from a rational standpoint, you'll kind of get where I'm coming from. So worst case scenario is a flat, boring interview or one that's controversial or polarizing. That's not usually in the best interest of anybody. There's no interesting or relevant information that's shared. Your interviewee does not enjoy the experience and doesn't want to do it again. You don't get what you want, and both of you feel like it's a waste of time. So worst case scenario, it's a waste of time. So it's not the end of the world. But still, there's probably other things you would have rather been doing. And someone pointed out to me the other day, you can't actually get that time back, which is a really good point. So now let's look at the success criteria. How do you ensure that best result and prevent the worst from happening? And again, I want you to stay in your rational rather than emotional mind here, because I think this will be fun. So I really looked at what works with Dan. And again, Dan's Dan. So Dan Sullivan, co-founder of Strategic Coach, along with his wife and business partner, Bab Smith. Very intelligent guy. Holy mackerel. Super intelligent. Some of his strengths finder strengths are ideation and context. And he's brilliant at telling stories and describing where things have come from. And he's got self-assurance in his ideas. So he's confident in them. You know, so he's a unique person and not everyone is like Dan to interview them. However, I think everyone has genius that they have to share, including your fellow teammates, by the way. So this is particularly useful. So again, this is kind of what I looked at. So the first word, the way that I work with anyone I'm interviewing, so this includes Dan and other authors, is that I'm kind of innocent. Now, that's not a word that gets used very often, especially not in business context. But innocent really means that I don't have something called the curse of knowledge. And the curse of knowledge is this great term that I first learned about from Chip and Dan Heath in a brilliant book on communication called Made to Stick. Highly recommend that. And one of the things I talked about is that so many people have curse of knowledge, which is you've been doing what you've been doing for so long that you forget when you didn't know it. It's very difficult to go back to when you're a layman attempting to do something and you didn't know and bring that to the surface again. In fact, you've kind of forgotten what it was like to be ignorant in this particular topic. Well, what's interesting is I do this even if I know what Dan's talking about, and I've been around coach for a long time. So I'm very, very familiar with most of the concepts and tools, but I will actually pretend I am the audience and I don't know anything. So I ask questions that are kind of naive on purpose, not stupid. (laughs) I'll make that distinction. But it's like, oh, well, tell me about this. What does this mean? What's the impact of that? So I'll ask very specific, basic questions like, could you please define so that we actually get the main thing out of what it is that we're talking about? You know, if it's Dan and me having conversation, we can jump in off the deep end and just swim around there. But I make sure I start at the shallow end for people who may not know, you know, a newer audience, so that they can kind of join us there eventually. But I want to make sure I don't leave steps out, because I'm very clear that the audience, this may be the first time they're hearing anything from us. Same thing when I'm interviewing any other author. I'm not going to assume that they've read the book. The whole point is to actually get them to go buy the book. So I really try and make sure I help define the terms, a little bit naive. I'm like, oh, wow, that's fascinating. Tell me more about that. So that's kind of how that goes. Now, the second characteristic, in addition to being innocent, and you can probably tell already, is I am very enthusiastic. Please do not underestimate 
the value of being enthusiastic. So this is not just you going, okay, checking off a box in your head. Okay, this is good. This is good. You know, don't just come at it intellectually. Come at it emotionally. When Dan does something or another author does something fabulous, I'm like, thumbs up, because I like to make sure I can see people. And I smile. Now, if you're doing an audio interview like this one now, you actually can't make too many exclamations because they have to get edited out. <laughs> that creates more work. So you kind of do it with gestures. You're like, or you mouth it like, wow. You know, something like that really quietly so that the person really gets it at an energetic body language level that what they're saying is very exciting. Now, I want you to think about, pretend I was interviewing you for just a moment and I responded pretty enthusiastically to something you just said. Well, the natural human response is to want to give me more of that. Like, oh, wow, she really liked that. I wonder if she liked this too. You know, we kind of do that subconsciously. So enthusiasm is incredibly important. That positive response, you want to tell your face, as my mother tells me often. I really love that. You know, you want to be expressive in the studio or you want to be expressive in this conversation because that will feed the other person. This is an exchange of energy, if you want to use that term. And it's really, really important that you're not just receiving, you're also giving something back, and that will be in your facial expression. When you are talking and the enthusiasm in your tone of voice, and I have to tell you, your audience is listening to your tone of voice too, especially if you're recording it for an audio presentation. You know, when you say, wow, that was amazing, they're like, oh yeah, that actually was. You kind of get their attention again, especially if they were driving when they're listening or distracted or something else is going along. You're cueing them with your voice. So you are just as important in that conversation as the person you are interviewing. So that's really critical. Now, you also want to ask great questions. And I'm a little hesitant about using the word great because it could mean lot of different things to different people. But what I want you to trust is that the questions that occur to you are also the ones that are going to be occurring to your audience who's listening. And even if you're recording this to go into print at some point, the information that you gather out of this will be really, really relevant. You know, as the person answers your question, that will be additional depth that gets added to that particular idea. So great questions are ones that are authentic, are real, that help people go deeper. Really important to ask for some specifics and examples. And sometimes I'll do a contrast like, oh, well, this sounds really great. What happens if someone does this instead? And I'll do the complete opposite. And that's great because it actually makes your interviewee think, (laughs) which I like to make them do. I actually have this little conversation going on in my head. And it's not one that's cynical, but if someone is resistant to an idea, I want to bring up that obstacle so that it can get addressed. There's nothing I dislike more than having a thought. It's like, well, but it doesn't make sense in that situation. And the person I'm listening to or the book I'm reading does not address that issue. I'm kind of annoyed and I start to disconnect from the conversation. So if those obstacles are not addressed or those issues that come up for me are not handled in some way, shape or form, mm, that's frustrating. So I really focus on trying to eliminate that frustration for my reader, for my listener. So that's something that you can do too. If you have an obvious objection to what that person said, you don't say, I don't agree with you. You're like, oh, well, what if someone has had this experience instead that seems to contradict it? What would you say to that person? They're like, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. You're like, hmm, that's pretty cool. 
whatever that is. So again, you're not directly opposing your person. This is not shock talk radio. (laughs) But this is a way to kind of provide a different point of view and have them address that. And trust me, they'll have figured this out. They'll have addressed this objection in their conversations over the years. So you're not asking them something that they don't have a response for. Or if they do, you've actually given them a new avenue to go down and to get more depth about their own ideas. So it's it's never a bad thing. You don't have to do it in an opposing way, just as an informational way. Now, the other part of this that really makes it work, and this kind of goes along with innocent and enthusiastic, as well as asking great questions, is to be fully present and focus. This means full-on eye contact. This means no technology or distractions. This means like locking gazes and looking at facial expressions and just taking somebody in. And again, it's part of listening generously. And listening generously, let me just talk about that for just a moment. This comes from our brilliant coaches for strategic coach. The process is called Collaborative Way. Please go to collaborativeway.com to check it out. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. So the first step in their strategic communication process is to listen generously. And they did a fantastic example when they were training us or coaching us in the collaborative way practices. They demonstrated when we were being listened to generously, and then they did the opposite. So we would partner up, and we would have them tell a story, and I don't remember what the exact example was, something that you're really familiar with, a part of your life. And (laughs) the first part of it, they actually had us listen not generously. So the coaching was to not listen generously. In other words, to be as distracted as possible. So here's what happened. People would look at their fingernails. They would interrupt with something. Oh, by the way, do you know what time it is? I think I've got something happening in about five minutes. And then one person went to the fridge and got a thing of water. They actually walked away. (laughs) And what happened is when you're on the receiving end, and thank goodness this was just an exercise that would have been painful otherwise, is that whatever you were trying to say just shriveled up in your brain. It just evaporated. It just went away because you had such a non-receptive audience. Then they fixed it. And now the thing was to listen generously. And then the person would sit and they would face you and they would look at you with both eyes. And then they would make affirmative sounds like, whoa, wow, that's amazing. Oh, tell me more. Then what happened? And just be incredibly receptive. And to a person... You know, the person who was talking was like, they would come up with new things and they had new thoughts and they shared brand new information. And it was completely and totally transformative. And it just got so much better. So we actually genuinely affect what people say and their thinking process by how we listen. Clearly, I have not forgotten this lesson. This exercise was well over a year ago. It was amazing how something I knew really, really well and had an opinion about and all the rest of it, all my thoughts evaporated when my partner was acting distracted and how much more I had to say, how much expanded my conversation got when that person was actually taking me fully in. It was quite quite incredible. So that's how you want to be. You want to be fully present. You want to really focus. You want to listen generously. You really want to just have that person feel like they are absolutely your total center of attention, which they are, in which they need to be. You have to do whatever you need to do in order to be fully present in that exercise. Get whatever else you need to out of your mind and just protect that time with your person. And I guarantee the conversation will be that much richer as a result. 
And as I've mentioned, be sure to ask for specifics, for details, for examples. Don't just skim over the surface. You're going to be extra curious. Curious is another word I should add in here. So be really, really curious about what they're saying. Again, that kind of goes back with asking great questions. Oh, wow. Well, then what happened? And what was the impact of that? Then what did you do? And then what else should someone else do, do you think? And you you just kind of keep asking them prompts. And it's really fun to see just how much further that person goes as a result. So those are kind of the characteristics. So just to go over them again, innocent, enthusiastic, be curious and ask great questions, be fully present and focused, and be sure to get specifics, details, and examples. So that's kind of your ground of being, if you want to think about it that way. Now, I also have a little bit of a structure that I want to share with you. And I've shared this with a number of people, especially those doing podcasts. And I finally figured this out after having lots of podcasts with Dan. I'm like, hmm, there needs to be a little bit more structure. And I'm someone who doesn't need a ton, but I need a little bit. So finally, I figured out that there are three things we're going to talk about on every podcast. And now that you know this, you'll probably be able to tell (laughs) what I'm asking Dan. So the first thing is what? What are we talking about? Number two is why? Why is it important? And number three, how which is how people can take action. So it's what, why, and how. Yes, there are other W's, but these are the ones I find most relevant for the conversation. To my mind, the conversations never feel formulaic, but I do know that I want to get that information out. And often I don't need to ever ask Dan, for example, in a podcast why something is important because he automatically does it. But you will hear me ask, Dan, how can people take action on this? So now that you know that, you have the secret sauce of my interview techniques, which I think is really fun. So again, what, why, and how? What are we talking about? Why is it important? And how can people take action? That gets back to the practical. I love ideas. Ideation's in my top 10. You know, it's something that's important to me from a strengths finder standpoint. But unless I know what I can do with this or I can start somewhere, especially if it's a big idea, what's the first small step I can take? It's frustrating for me. So I really focus on getting practical. How can people take action right away? How can they leave this conversation? How can they leave this book? How can they leave this article? How can they leave this conversation knowing what to do next? And I love that because it gets people into motion. And when people are in motion, they're learning, they're doing, they're making a contribution, they're experimenting, they're testing, they're getting smarter. If you just think about stuff and it doesn't impact anybody else, it's nice for you. But it isn't until you test it against the world and take action that anything really happens. And obviously, that's my bias, probably is yours too. Now, two other little kind of bonus things that I think of. One of the things that I do often, particularly with kind of big thinkers, of which Dan is one, is I do what I call strategic summarizing. I provide the bottom line, especially if something's gone on for a little bit, I'll try and like bring it home a little bit. And I really like to do it periodically throughout a conversation to say, okay, if I understand correctly, is this what I'm hearing? Is this what there is to do? Is this how I should be thinking about this? Is this how our audience can take this and do something with it? And they'll agree or not or add or subtract all of those kinds of things. So that strategic summarizing is very useful for kind of bringing it home periodically. The other one is to have a good time. So I've mentioned the word fun in my success criteria a little bit earlier in terms of the ideal result. Well, fun includes, if something is funny, laugh. I actually had someone today compliment me on my laugh, which I thought was (laughs) was really fun because if something's funny, 
enjoy it. Give your audience permission that they can enjoy something too. It's a little bit like when the hosts of the party are having a good time, the people who are attending the party will also be having a good time. So if you think about yourself as a host and you're having fun and you're laughing when it's appropriate, then I guarantee it will lighten everything up. It adds phenomenal energy. And in audio presentations, that's kind of a gift. So again, have some fun. Be playful again if that's appropriate. Enjoy yourself. Share your humor. It doesn't have to be all formal and serious. Make it real. Make it genuine. Make it authentic. And as you do that, you'll find that the person in front of you just blossoms with energy and information and valuable insights and new thoughts that they haven't even thought before. So I could probably talk about this all day, but you probably have enough information. But I am very, again, as I mentioned at the beginning, very excited to share with you my interview strategy because it's been very, very useful how I stumbled into doing it, which is kind of fun because I just volunteered when we needed more information from one of our books. And it's been an absolute joy. It is so much fun to be that person, to be on the receiving end of such great information and really feel like a co-creator. I know I have a pivotal role in that. And I really want that for other people too. I want you to feel confident and successful about how to extract great information from all of the incredibly wise people around us. And also maybe this could be great coaching for someone who could interview you on all of your great information. So I hope this has been really helpful. When to use this is when you've got someone around you or yourself with really great info, but sitting down with a blank piece of paper or a blank screen is not really the best way to get that information out, that having a powerful, conscious conversation can absolutely be the best way to get this great information out and available to a wider audience. I hope this has been really useful. Thank you so much for listening. For any questions or comments, I love, love, love getting them at questionsatstrategicoach.com. And as always, here's to your team's success. The Team Success video series is a brand new online learning platform to give your team the tools to thrive in an entrepreneurial business. Whether you have five team members or 500, Shannon Waller provides expert strategies for confidence, harmony, and success. You're just one click away at teamsuccessvideoseries.com. Teamsuccessvideoseries.com